0: You're listening to Ministry of Self, a podcast where we talk about the importance of understanding the self, how others can influence who you are, and why our emotions drive everything. The Ministry of Self will discuss many and varied aspects to allow you, our listener, to assess and, if necessary, reshape your emotional life. I'm Jen Cromedy, and I'm joined by emotional intelligence practitioner Mike Martin. Welcome to Ministry of Self. Hey, this is Jen Cromedy and welcome to the second series of Ministry of Self. I've got Mike here and we're back out in country Victoria
1: where it's uh, acoustically hopefully a little bit better than some of the other venues we've recorded in, although we don't mind being surrounded by people and having some background noise. But here I think it's good because you can kind of beautiful. relax, be calm. Yes, it is beautiful out here. Uh, and so in this second series and I You know, if you haven't listened to the first series, we encourage you to do so. That series really was, I don't know, a taster, a a, a fairly short, sharp overview of some key concepts that Mike has discussed with me for some time. But we've had feedback, uh, quite regular feedback on the first series and a couple of things. One was that people are interested in us talking for maybe a little bit longer and going a bit deeper into some of the topics we've discussed and some particular feedback which we want to talk about today was about having uh, assertive conversations Mm. yeah the first series we talked about your voice and you know understanding the self and how to actually start navigating some of those um, relationships at work at home but we've been told to be really good to talk a little bit more about perhaps let's say the mechanics of how those conversations can work and the other one was feedback in in a context and it can be personal and professional but We were talking a bit earlier, Mike, how when someone says, hey, I've got to give you some feedback, it doesn't always make you feel great. Mm. So I thought I might just leave it at that and say that, um, yeah, I know that you've had some specific questions about things like, yeah, assertive conversations and feedback.
2: Yeah. G'day, Jen. Hi. Um, As I go around and some of the things that I do and people that I meet, just starting to talk a little bit more now to people about how they're found, uh, what we're trying to say uh, through the earlier podcasts and how they're really starting to spend some time getting to know themselves and uh, what makes them tick, how they were formed, um, where where their confidence lies and self-esteem. It's been really quite encouraging because, as we've said all along, Jen, I, the, the, the day comes when you have to have another look in the mirror find out the wonderful things that are there and just start to clear the decks. And so hopefully for those who have listened to the first group, they're starting to do that because uh, that leads us into some of the more specific things that we can talk about and there are lots of things to talk about. But today I thought we might just have a think about how you conduct assertive conversations and if we think about the text of that, it's about making your point work. It's about getting through to a conclusion uh, about something that may be challenging uh, where you need to be strong enough to not concede your point but doing it in a way that doesn't cause a war or damage to a reputation or damage to a relationship. So I think one of the first things to realise about assertive conversation they're not a fight. And sometimes we use assertive, we do conjure that up. They're not a fight. They're pretty much about um, remaining calm and preparing properly. And of course, as we've always said, using the right language. Uh, So if someone – so the first thing for me if I'm having an assertive conversation is to put it out there and say, this is a really important thing for me. Uh, I probably need to ask you, if you don't mind, uh, would you hear me out on it? Because I just want your view on it. And your view's important. I know, I know that we are different in our, uh, the way in which we think about these things, but I now need to get a solution. So would you mind helping me out? Now, that just sounds like a normal conversation, except for the fact that I'm almost insisting that I get an outcome here, whereas a normal run-of-the-mill conversation might be just flows along and it sort of finds its end somewhere. But this is about specifically getting an outcome. And with all great conversations, it does start with how we uh, prepare ourselves. Uh, if we're one to one, it's our body posture. Uh, don't sit there with an attacking arms out or arms folded style, uh, or don't have uh, glaring eyes or piercing looks at someone just because you're, you're desperate to get an outcome. Uh, those who are desperate to get outcomes usually end up fighting. So take the desperation out of it and form it up. It's just a normal conversation about something really important. Uh, Most that I know that are good in this space are very quiet about it, but they're determined not to get off the point they're trying to make, uh, because it is important. And again, it gets back to how we structure up the start. Uh, They always try and put the outcome up front Try and say this is my objective here, if you don't mind, and I hope this is a good time to talk to you about it and uh, all I'm asking is for you to understand what I'm saying and would you mind helping me understand if there are parts of it that you think I don't understand. So it's a really quite a, a friendly approach but it's an assertive approach. Uh, I say again, can we do it without a fight? Uh, if we If we turn it into a fight our individual prejudice will flare up and the status of the relationship will show pretty quickly if we're putting it into an argumentative sense. So what I'm saying is, Jen, is it is it possible for us to slow our mental metabolism down, go back to all of the things we said in our podcast about understanding self, using all the learnings there to slow your mind down and uh, keep the stress out, keep the subject matter to the fore and keep the outcome clearly in mind so that we don't get off the point or don't allow ourselves to get off the point.
1: I've taken a couple of notes and uh, you actually sort of, you didn't answer my question, but it certainly gives me a way to lead into what I want to say, which is you were saying take the desperation out of it and Mm. you don't want to fight, you prepare. Um, You know, I've had experiences where I know I can feel like I want to have an outcome uh, but you know you've got a head of steam so when you talk about this you said mental metabolism now every time we talk like you come up with these words that put my mind in a different space because all of a sudden we're thinking about metabolism so you know you can actually have a well working metabolism because you've been what exercising or eating the right food or whatever it is but you talk about mental metabolism and slowing down. Now this is not an easy thing. You might say this is the right way to go about it and I agree. You know, you can take a breath, you can prepare, which is what you said for the the meeting or the discussion you're going to have with someone. You need to keep focused and you want to take the fight out of it. But if I said to someone and you know, hey, a couple of weeks ago I remember getting annoyed about something and a decision that was made that I felt wasn't right and I spoke to someone else, they were equally <laughs> frustrated but there was a clear uh, frustration with the way that decision had been made. So I've just sat on it for a couple of weeks Mm. and then I'm now more prepared to make the approach to talk to that person about maybe that decision but the context around it and a few other things. So my question and comment is what are the practical things that people can do to slow down what you'd call their mental metabolism to be prepared for the Mm. not-fight
2: It's uh, an assertive conversation. is not an off-the-cuff one. Mm. It's a prepared one. Mm. A mental metabolism. It's like physical. It's what you feed your mind determines the health of your metabolism mentally. Now, if you feed it good thought, if you feed it strong self-esteem, if you feed it uh, with the knowledge you've got a strong voice, that keeps uh, you know filling up the mental diet, if you like, good healthy mental diet. So that's my version of mental metabolism. But Essentially, um, these conversations, uh, to avoid argument, they're simply not off the cuff. That's the first thing. And if you do have one that doesn't go successfully right because someone's just not wanting to listen to you, then I agree with you. Just park it. But before that conversation finishes, just say, look, uh, I, I really do need to resolve this. This is important And maybe I've approached you at the wrong time and maybe I haven't presented it correctly. And please don't take this as some sort of attack because it's not. I just need you to understand that uh, if we can achieve this together because the part that you need to play is an important part to the outcome. So please understand that. Now, if this is not the right time to talk about it, uh, please bear in mind that there has to be a time because we need to get there. So both of us can move on from this and create much better things that we're doing now.
1: I'll, I'll jump in and say th- the language you were using then was, uh, you know, we need to um, approach it at the right time, in the right way. Obviously, the language you've used is mm-hmm. really important. But to be able to do that, you need to also be in the right mental state and the answer I think you gave me, and by the way, if people can hear birds in the background, I think it's quite nice, Beautiful. but I can hear them because mm. <laughs> we're out in the country, um, is this idea that you have a healthy diet but you're feeding it with good thoughts. Mm-hmm. So when you say good thoughts, and I think, did you say self-esteem in that yeah, as that well? Yeah, that can be one. So it's, th- this is the heart of it mm. because in the first series we talked about how do you have that, let's call it strong sense of self and uh, confidence might be one way to mm. put it but you've understood and done the work around, you know, the mirrors and the circles, and if people wonder what that is, go back and listen to the first series. These are not easy things to do, and they're certainly not things that, in my experience, that you do once and you're done. Like it is an ongoing, just like a good diet, like a Mm. good healthy lifestyle, mental health or mental, uh, what did we call it, metabolism. Yeah. Sounds like it's quite a dynamic organic Mm. thing, so if we're preparing, and so I always think, hey, I'm getting a bit better of this. I think, oh, you know, work through some of my uh, approaches to these discussions. But then something will pop up, and you get um, you have an emotional response to it. It might be frustration or anger. I just have to keep saying to myself, you've you've done this before. You've worked through how this can uh, at least you can get the answer that you need, mm. right? Uh, as opposed to sometimes you're not going to get the outcome you want. Uh, what would you say to people about the ongoing nature of the work that's involved?
2: Uh, going back again, Jen, to the original reason for our being uh, at the self thing, it, it, it is doing all that work first. It, this is a, just a continuum of understanding self, uh, how you uh, present yourself and the confidence you have um, to get things through someone else's mind uh, along with uh, your commentary around assertiveness there's a self-talk mechanism that continues in your head which allows you to slow down now no one will know but if you've got something personal and said listen just self-talk yourself through this before you explain it because then you stay in control and you're checking out your data again it's really important not to move off the point if you move off the point you allow someone else to add another dimension to it So uh, for me it's always been the same thing about having any assertive conversation. First of all, I've taken the fight out because I understand myself a lot better. I know where my strengths are. I know where my weaknesses are. And I'm continuously trying to improve myself by listening to me... ...rather than always just listening to someone else. Including finding better ways to communicate... ...whether it be structured, unstructured or assertive or creative or whatever it is. So I'm learning all the time and having to get better what I'm doing in all these things. So getting back to our specific thing about assertive means it's important. Assertive means it's got a core to it. Assertive means it's having an impact on your life somewhere. So to get through to that and prepare our brains properly... ...is to learn a little quiet self-talk at the back of your head... I keep saying, now listen, stay in control here. Be a bit clearer than you've been as you're talking. We can do it. If you've got a clear mind, we can do that. And uh, just present up a little bit more assertively this time, but in a more controlled way, or just use different words around the point to suit the listener. So if you discover that the listener uh, processes thoughts differently to what you're saying, you have to be good enough. ...to change the way in which you're presenting. Mm. If you're saying, can I take you through chapter and verse what I mean here... ...only to find out that they're looking quizzically at you... ...you might have to say, "Or can I paint you a picture? Can I paint you a picture of what I'm saying then? Does that make more sense? And if they say yes, you're talking to someone who's more artistic... ...and more accepting of painting a picture rather than just using Mm. straight out dialogue and data... Mm. So that's the skill you're able to call on. We always talk about this. Always call on the artist to do your work for you, particularly on tough mental situations because it won't let you down. Again, we've said this before, Jen. Our artistic side has no stress. It doesn't do anxiety. It's clear. So please listen to the listener or if you don't know the person that well, you might have to find a couple of ways to do it by facts and data, as we say, or specifics, or get out in it. Listen, I'm not sure I'm painting the right picture here. Can you let me know if I'm being clear to you? So, yes, we have to be diverse in our approach. And sometimes when people become a little even angry or defensive, we have to change our approach again. And that's simply by saying I can, I can see that this is not as comfortable ...as I'd like it to be. So what would make it more comfortable for you... ...given that this is something we need to achieve?
1: The language you've just used I can imagine I'll be replaying (laughs) for myself in the future... ...because you're right, depending on who the person is... ...and the way Mm. they receive information... uh, ...and this is probably going back on my background... ...in terms of communication and theory and... When I've had to think about presenting to a group of people, some people hear really well, others don't. Some people see things and absorb it a lot better. But what you're talking about is the way that you use language to create a picture uh, and ensure that that message is getting through. And what I really, I'd say, appreciated and and are thinking about as I speak, because you can do both, (laughs) think about how you're speaking while you're speaking, is is this idea that you can go back in and check on yourself as you're speaking and you can also then ask the other person if that message is being received, particularly if you can – I think I think almost everyone can read body language to a degree. Mm-hmm. So as you said, if you see someone who's in a defensive physical position or is giving you certain looks – you can tell whether that person is not being as receptive to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I think it's how, in those situations, and I'll, I suppose my question will be when when that other person does get then angry, defensive, uh, wants to pick the fight. And you also said if they try and change it in a different direction, and you want to stay focused, mm-hmm. the sort of language you use to to bring them back to. To the place, do you find more often than not that does work? And if it doesn't, what do you do?
2: If they try and divert you from the exact uh, text of what you're talking about, it's because they're probably becoming a de- bit defensive and you, you might have hit a, a, a hot spot for them. So, what has to happen, I always think, look, okay, I, I, I can see where you're going, but do you agree that uh, what I'm trying to say to you? Uh, …is valid because uh, you and I both know this situation. So can we please go back to that and can you perhaps help me understand… …what it is that I need to present here to get you to help me with this. So it's always invitational. It's never about anything other than invitational. In other words, I'm not fighting you, I'm not arguing with you. I'm asking you to help me with something. That's important. And can you please see it that way? Because even though we've butted heads on this, for example, and it could certainly be in the workplace, we've butted heads on this. But uh, for me to ask you to help means that I know you understand it. And I know because I'm asking that you can help me. So it's just that, mate. Could we just settle down and get to that? And it's just, can we just stick to the subject matter itself? And if we have differences, then I accept that. That's uh, quite healthy. But can we just stick to the point and get a resolution from it? And honestly, if this is not the right time, if you'd like more time to think about it, then let's do that too. But bearing in mind that I have to present it in exactly the same way next time.
1: Um, My mind goes from interpersonal relationships into Mm. work relationships and the skills are the same and by the way i think we're very popular because we're both getting text messages and phone calls so we're just um if you hear that background noise just know you know mike and i are just exceedingly popular but um (laughs) but when i'm thinking about the difference between the mindset and i think we might have touched on this um when we've spoken about interpersonal relationships but this is my view, your emotions are different in a way because if you're with someone that you have really deep and genuine personal and intimate feelings for, let's say on that level versus you're in a work environment, the skills, you can still use the same skills Mm. is probably what I'm trying to say. But my point really is that when things get um, heated or you feel like that person uh, is going to struggle to understand or hear what you're saying and then you're trying to find a way through for an outcome uh what you said was something like you kind of put um i don't know if urgency is the right word but you put like a time frame around it that brings it back to focus to try and Mm. move to a resolution now in those circumstances uh i have had an experience just recently where you know we're in a, a a group environment but i'm trying to bring a group back to a focused point but i found immediately that then others put time pressure on that right so i was saying look i think there's this context that we need to be really clear on that when we're making this really important decision that we take into account but it got brushed off pretty quickly because it was we just have to make a decision now and great thinking but not for now Mm-hmm. So, I see it happen inversely as well. So, I'm then thinking, am I being managed? Am I being put in a box because my thinking isn't valid? Or am I being put in a box because I think they're put? It? So, I'm always trying to work out then when you're trying to navigate in a, a discussion where they're incredibly, let's say, intelligent, forceful people who have their own agenda that they want to achieve. So, I haven't, for example, come to them with a thing but I'm reacting to their decision-making. Very important decisions as well, but sometimes I feel like then it's very difficult to slow it down when there's a bigger group. Uh, so I just thought I'd say there's as an example. It literally happened to me the other day and the last thing I sort of feel like is I don't want to sort of – feel like I'm trying to direct a whole group of people just mm. because of something I think.
2: In, in a group situation, Jen, it's an interesting one, mm. uh, you have to be really factually correct and sure of your ground. And when people really don't want to play with you, uh, it's good to try and get them to articulate their exact view, to try and then run a comparison with what you're trying to achieve, to try and find the gap. Now, if it's just a a, a technical gap, that can be filled. But if someone just doesn't want to agree with you, uh, then that's a different thing. So I've always said, look, let's go to this point then. If it becomes sort of a a really hard conversation, we're not going to get there. Let's agree that we're not going to get there. Because not everything works. Most does work if you're fair. But if it gets to a point where it doesn't work you then have to be really clear about what you're disagreeing on. So let's clarify. Let's have the first agreement. We are different in this aspect. That takes out the emotion. That takes out the motive almost. So, okay, if you don't want to agree with me and, and, and this is not making you comfortable enough, can we at least please agree on the exact reasons we're not agreeing and leave it at that. Now, if we leave it at that, we leave a status quo that doesn't get us to where we need to go, in my opinion. But okay, if that's the case, then that's the case. Now, getting back to group stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Most people in the group um, listen 5%, ignore us 95 and come back to 95% attention when it's relative to them. So again, uh, those who want to uh, quite... ...be quite dominant in a group, if their point... ...if a point comes up they're really interested in, you will see that. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're trying to say, OK... ...but I'm trying to achieve this particular outcome... Uh, do, you, ...do you see where I'm getting to? Do you agree with it? And if not, please let me know now. So groups are very interesting dynamics in assertive conversation... ...because they can end up in the brawl pretty quickly... But I think human nature says that uh, a lot of the time people become uncomfortable and sometimes feel attacked. So the clarification of the point which is non-emotional and non-personal is critical. To say I am trying to achieve A, B and C and I need your help to do this. Uh, Can we agree that the context of what I'm asking is clear to us all? That's step one. Step two is to say, for those who don't agree, given that it's pretty important to the organisation or to me, um, can you give me a version of what you think it should be? And that may mean that I need to change the way I'm thinking about it, which is great, which is okay, I accept that. But can we not just leave it in midair without a solution? Because that means that it will still be there. And it will still have the same impact as it's having now and that is A, B and C. You really need to know your ground there. Letting important things go mm. will frustrate you. Uh, so there are several ways to skin the, the cat. Uh, one of them is sometimes you've got to be really smart and let someone else reform your thoughts in their mind to see if they can get close enough to what you're achieving. This is the the clever field of communication now, Jen. But then someone else feels like they're in charge of your point, which is almost the perfect situation mm. if you're really smart enough to get of them course. into that space.
1: Mm. Yeah, and so I suppose my my thinking around that is that what I find and so this is me learning. I think we all learn as we go to mm-hmm. and it's a constant is going back to what you said earlier about being prepared, um, no fight, think about how you keep it focused. What I find in some situations is that uh, I also have to respond mm. because sometimes they're prepared. <laughs> so I suppose my question is when you're in a situation where uh, others are incredibly prepared, where you are being asked to, to help make a decision but often the time frame isn't great and this is where I was trying to create some space for other people to join in. So your point about the 5% and the 95%, mm. I think everyone will, I assume, agree if they actually are honest with themselves that when you're in meetings, not necessarily one-on-one but when you're in you know, a discussion, keeping concentration, number one, is, is hard but number two you often just want to get the decision out of the way so you can get on and do whatever it is you're going to do with the rest of your time. So it's about saying how can you make sure you, I'll use the term, wake up the people around the table and that's often what happens. So I'll try and say use good language to open up the dialogue to address the questions I have in my head on the assumption there's others who probably hadn't Mm. chosen to think about it or – hadn't put their mind to it and then what happens is other people start getting involved and there's incredible energy and momentum about the discussion but the person who's brought that issue to the table gets frustrated because they are like, oh, I didn't really want people to investigate this as much as Mm. you are now. We don't have time for this. So I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to awaken the group to say Mm. there's some stuff here that we need to probably think about.
2: And there's, there's a situation, of course, Jen, where some of it's not relevant. The people in the room. There'll be people and it's not really relevant... Mm. ...but uh, they're good people to ask from a logical perspective... ...does it make sense.
1: That's
2: right. So they still pay over... Well, they're
1: for a reason.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, But we can't have uh, an assertive conversation... ...that we're determined about without having flexibility. Mm. As I go back to the point I made before... Uh, ...you need people with you to get what you need through... ...because they're part of your team, they're part of your life... ...part of whatever... So we can't just claim victory without support. We have to work hard and sometimes it'll take a while. So the whole point about being determined, if you like, to make your point… …is at the end of it, have you got the support to follow it through? Do they believe in uh, what you're trying to achieve? And can they see the value from their perspective and not just yours? So it really is a, a collegiate approach. And I only put the word uh, assertive there just to remind us that sometimes we need to remain determined to achieve something and to get something through. Because if we leave it, there will be a part of us that's just not going to give us the high levels that we're after. So it's it's about our determination to make the point. It might take one or two or three goes. But don't concede it. Don't concede it. But then once you're clear... ...and you're clear on the outcome, you need support... ...if that's the way it's structured. So to do that, uh, you need to build a relationship... ...even with people who don't have one. So you build an intellectual relationship... Uh, ...you build a logical relationship... ...and all you do is ask them, again, to put their perspective to it... ...and then represent it and say, well, OK, if we had that perspective... ...you've got to be smart enough to use their perspective... to ...not, not, uh, contru- not to let your point get lost... So again it's that really smart language. If someone puts an idea in that says, oh yeah, Yeah, but I reckon you need to be doing this. Okay, well look at this and say, okay, yeah, I can put that in what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay, well if we put that in… You've just got to put the words in the right place to make it sound like they've made a really great contribution which hasn't hasn't taken you away from the point you're trying to achieve.
1: <laughs> this will help me with the meeting I've got coming up actually. <laughs> so to your point, um, I can't remember exam- again the words you used but what I find is there's a lot of flux in let's say organisations and relationships because of the nature of the instability of the workforce or whatever it might be and... Also, because you said it does take more than one go to -hmm. often have things. It can take years, but, you know, depends on who you're talking to. But this idea of establishing a new connection and a relationship, Mm -hmm. so it might be, say, for example, something that – I'll say me. Let's say I've been working on a particular idea for years or months uh, and then suddenly – the landscape changes and it's a different person in that position or it's a Mm. different stakeholder organisation to use (laughs) my business kind of narrative and and language, I've had to get used to the fact that it's not their fault, that I have to go and explain everything again, but equally being strategic but artful about how you establish that relationship Mm. first and then work towards what can happen. And that person might so I'm hearing what you're saying while I'm speaking, that person will have a different perspective in most Mm. times, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. It means it could add value and it gives you another way to look at it. So I'm sort of giving myself a bit of a self-talk around being open to what people, new people have to say about an issue maybe that I feel has been around for a really long time. I feel like maybe I've got an answer. I certainly don't have all the answers. So when you're talking about being assertive, you mean it's about staying focused but at the same time hearing what other people have to say, not just to add value, but it brings them along the journey as well?
2: I think you can use the opportunity to build a a relationship that hasn't been there before Mm. by simply getting them. Because don't forget, when we try and tell people, they get on the back foot pretty quickly. I mean, we we talked about in, in the number one and the second series about relationships. I mean, being assertive in relationships is interesting because then you're more bringing emotion into it versus intellect. ...and logic and other things. So that's another area of, uh, you know, uh, skill that we need. And, uh, and as soon as you're having an assertive conversation... W- ...from an emotional perspective... ...we've got to be really careful that we don't hurt the other person on the way through. If our determination is to get to an outcome about something that's uh, personal, of course... ...then we, we do need to bet our, our skillful best... And that is to use the uh, right approach and that is, look, uh, can, can you help me understand this? Can you help me understand this? It's something that sort of worries me a little bit about the way in you and I, uh, you know, deal with these things. So can we talk that through from your perspective? Because you know what, there, 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 as to your point, I might be missing something here. So it gets back to our old podcasting days of saying, look, just think about it.
1: Old podcasting. Yeah, the, the, yeah.
2: The, the, the days of us being able to say, look, you got it wrong, I got it right... ...and expect any relationship to stay strong or yeah. over. Yeah. And if someone has got it wrong, why do they get it wrong? Well, they're not feeling right. Mm. Do they get it wrong because you didn't present it right in the first place... ...or did you allow a situation to go on for so long... ...you didn't deal with it until it became necessary... ...become quite determined and assertive about it. So did you cause your own problem, in other words? <laughs> and so the poor other person yeah. become defensive emotionally... Mm. ...because suddenly they're feeling attacked over something... ...that you've had a head of steam up for six months mm. or ten years. Mm. And so we've got to be really clear about the receiver. Whatever's in our mind, that's fine. But if we're trying to say, I need to get this through... ...this is an important point, don't forget... The receiver, whether it be a partner or at work, has no idea that's been sitting in your head for that long. They've got no idea about the energy around it or the passion that uh, relates to it or the urgency or the pain within it. They have none of those things. So you need to be able to put it in the way, can I talk to you about something that's important and important? Uh, if I haven't presented this the right way in the past, I apologise for that. Can I present it now in a calmer way? Because it's really important to me. And because I'm close to you, either at work or, or in a relationship sense, it's really important that you feel okay about it as well.
1: Yeah, so. In terms of certain circumstances, this is the other thing I find interesting to navigate and I do talk to or people talk to me about this a bit too is that you will hear, say there's a new person in a position and you're trying to establish a relationship with them but you've heard all this stuff about that person before. You've either met them or something shifted and it becomes that sort of gossipy, oh, well, I've heard about X, Y, Z. What I've tried to do, again, is get some distance from that before I go and speak to them again because Mm. I'm not sure how much truth... I mean, maybe it's true in another circumstance. Like, I don't know. I don't think people would... Well, maybe they would, but I don't think they're proactively telling me not the truth for them. But what I find is if you keep hearing the same sorts of things about a person and you take all of that into the meeting, you're bringing, like, this big sack of (laughs) emotional baggage into a meeting where that person is completely oblivious... On top of that is the stuff that you were talking about, which is they don't know the history I've had and the frustrations I've had. So when you talked so not mental metabolism, I think it's more can you kind of have it it's like the emotional bin. I Was that episode two or three? Yeah. Right. This yeah. idea of cleaning out all the stuff before you go in, there that's a that's a lot of work to do.
2: It is. <laughs> but bearing in mind everything is solved whether there be outside stuff happening around the conversation, everything is solved by the way in which you have the next conversation. You clean it up by being really clear Mm. and getting them to be really clear about how they feel. Now, when you ask someone to be honest and be really clear, they'll leave out the stuff they've heard out of the side because it's just the way you put it. Mm. If you just throw it out, oh, look, I don't know what you've heard, but uh, anyway, this is important to me and I want it, that gets you nowhere. But if you say, can I put this to you? I'm just really interested in what you think. They'll go into their own mind, non-biased mind usually. And because you've been so clear, it can clear out all the external noise. And I think that's really important that we do that. I like the the possibility and the challenge about uh, fixing a, a problem that you've had with someone for a while. ...rebuilding a relationship by having that right conversation. I said, look, over a period of time I've felt this. You know what, though? I haven't really raised it in the right way. That isn't fair to you... ...because that's allowed you to build a perception around something... uh, ...that I'm just not right or unfair or whatever. Can I please put it to you now in a really clear way? And can I get you to bring your clarity back to me? And then can we discuss it uh, mutually... And without any thoughts of who's right or wrong, can we please get to that point? Because if we do, we've just solved about two years of stuff in our heads that should never have been allowed to get there.
1: I've, I've shifted my thinking a little bit more to, uh, so let's say, deeply contentious relationships, mm. as opposed to someone who maybe you've heard about you don't know that well. Uh, there was another podcast, and I think I might have posted something about this on social media which you said i'd rather be with people who disagree with me Mm. yeah it was something like because we all are better Mm. from the discussion Mm. i don't want to be surrounded by people who disagree with what i say Mm. so it's this idea of uh you know certain uh, individuals who will be surrounded by those who through fear or whatever it might be just say yes 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 I actually put, this is a, a sort of a sidebar, but it's interesting, I put that comment out saying, um, you know, almost like welcome the disagreements because, you know, you will work towards a better outcome. And someone contacted me privately and said, I thought you hated it when people disagree with you. <laughs> and I wrote back and I said, I know what you mean, uh, but, you know, I'm trying to get better at using the right language and listening to what's at the heart of that person's argument. So it was, it was quite – I mean, it was kind of funny because it was true. <laughs> but I'm hoping – I've been on the journey to say that I, I understand that a lot more now yeah, too. Yeah,
2: all, all of us. I mean, disagreement allows for a new level of intellect to take place because you have to think differently. So you have to find parts of your mind you probably haven't used, like creativity, to go there. Mm. So disagreement is a, is a wonderful agreement – that two people aren't on the same page.
0: And <laughs> Rubble is a positive. In a it gra- of, course. of course it is. Yes. It's a great
2: thing. And so then you say to someone, "All right then, uh, smart Alec, you 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 better <laughs> tell me where I'm wrong here. Have mm. a bit of fun sometimes if you can. If you got that sort of relationship. Mm. But certainly those in high positions who keep hearing yes, yeah. dangerous, cannot stay there for long. No. And and anyone who's got anyone that comes up and says, you know, for a person seemingly with your intelligence, to come out with that crap, I don't agree with you. (laughs) They could be a a 22-year-old talking to a manager. Well, the manager's got someone really good,
0: Mm -hmm. if
2: that's the case. So we've got to get over this thing about having to be right. We don't have to be right. We just have to be in a, a frame of mind. Being wrong allows someone else to grow around the fact that you're wrong. Because when you think about it, so they pointed out to you. What if we get something in our head that's been there forever that we just think's right and we've never tested it? We just keep maintaining it. We could have had there for years, some view about something and we've never changed it until someone challenges it and they're having an assertive conversation with us to say, no, I don't agree with you. Well, they're your friends. And that makes you rethink something that you might have logged in your head for years is a thought that's even held you up or you've really not been right in it. It might have come from some sort of corrupt thinking in your past or some sort of suggestion someone's made, but you've, you've logged on it and said, no, that's the way I think, until someone challenges it. Well, if you're a strong person uh, and you're not there to be challenged, you'll get away with that thought forever. No one will challenge it and it could be totally wrong or misplaced. So when someone does... They're your friend. They're the one who's finally freeing you up from some sort of... uh, ...it could be even some bigoted thought that is unhealthy in your own head. And until some friend turns up called, I don't agree with you... um, ...it's not going to go anywhere. And you certainly don't have to reappraise it at any stage. You you just keep it. So yes, disagreement is one of those lovely agreements you have... ...with someone who doesn't agree with you... (laughs) but it gets to a higher level of outcome when you discuss it together.
0: Mm. So
1: you see this is all part of the one mm-hmm. kind of idea, which yeah. is when you're having an assertive conversation that uh, it goes back to the things we've discussed around understanding where you're at as your own individual hopes, dreams, ideas... Mm-hmm. And I hope even by putting that particular comment out and getting that feedback, let's Mm. say, back from someone who knows me extremely well, it did cause me to kind of go, oh, well, I can understand why you would have thought that. Mm. But I'm hoping I've also been able to not just change the way that I speak because that's just one part of it, but then you kind of change the way that you approach a whole lot of things in your life. And I think, uh, yeah, so thinking about particular People or conversations, or let's say disagreements or altercations, taking that in a way that your language there around agreeing you disagree. Mm-hmm. Can I say that the challenge, though, then is you've got to try and see if the other person's prepared to do the work as well because sure. they might be stuck in a position where they just are vehement about their position
0: mm-hmm.
1: so. I mean I'm trying to kind of not wrap it up at all but it's more that when we talked about what we're going to discuss today it was the assertive, let's say, conversations but it was equally this idea around feedback. So that's what I'm trying to say. So you Mm. have – like I have a role where I'm receiving information but I'm also, let's say, giving information and that relationship is so important whether you know them well or not know them well, whether you've got baggage in the relationship or not – You're constantly working with other people where I can only make assumptions about the work you've done on yourself. Mm. And it sounds like I don't want to sound condescending. That's probably the other thing. It's not like I've suddenly had this incredibly enlightened journey and I have all the answers. It's the opposite, actually. It's probably more I've realised that I've got through, you know, certain conversations being pretty fixed. The issue is if you have a way of asking questions, hopefully what it does is help that other person grow with you? Is that the best yeah. way to put it? Yeah. yeah. Without sounding condescending? Yeah, look,
2: look, it is. And we don't quite know where other people are at. But I know mm. that if you offer someone else some feedback to you, mm. if you allow it, uh, then uh, you can check out what you're thinking about. You're also enhancing their confidence in you at the same time. Uh, but the, the thing about feedback is, and it sort of links to this a little bit, mm. uh, most people don't like it. Because I don't like the word feedback. Mm. And I, I've seen it forever and there's companies out there that base their whole world around giving feedback. And to me, I, I, I like the word conversation instead of feedback. Can we have a conversation about this, rather? I want to give you some feedback. The hairs on their necks stick up pretty quickly.
1: I was just thinking immediately, if yeah. you're in a, a voice recording music, that feedback is a screech and mm. it's a horrendous yeah, noise. it can be. So I'm just it, it interested about the word. Mm. Oh, I
2: just don't, I don't think it's necessary. Mm. I, I think it's the fact. Look, there's a few things. Like it can be assertive. It can be all that as was discussed. But the word feedback, I'm just encouraging people to find other ways. Uh, look, can I, can I raise this with you? Um, can I sort of talk to you about this? Can I get you to uh, get me to understand why this is happening? Can I help with that? Or am I not presenting it properly? To me that's feedback if you want to call it that word. But it's just the, the power word. It's a power word. It puts me in charge of something else. Now, human nature doesn't allow that. And we've got a lot of uh, wonderful young people out there these days. I hear them and I don't ever hear them use that word. I hear them say, listen, bro, I listen, uh, what's, this, what's this up, mate? Uh, you know what I mean? I think it's wonderful. I never hear them use, let me give you this. They seem to be more, even though there's a lot of challenges out there for the young and their communication, I, I'm very inspired by and hopeful for the world with the youngs that I see and hear today because they don't insult each other. They don't want power over each other. I'm not talking about the extreme cases where people aren't feeling well and they're not having great lives. I'm talking about the general run of the mill of lovely little intellects on their way who I don't hear them say, you're wrong. I don't hear them say, uh, you're an idiot, I don't hear that. Maybe I'm in a, a cherished circle but I'm hopeful that we can get to a point where we don't need to say, I'm going to give you some feedback whether you like it or not. And you can just imagine the receiver putting a barrier up straight away. So to have a conversation about something that might be contentious or the need for assertiveness, gets back to exactly what we started all this about, is that how you present it and how the receiver interprets it and what agreement you make to get the outcome together. Now, that doesn't mean there's a right or a wrong in anything. That means it's an equal conversation created by two fair-minded people who will, in fact, know straight away if they've been uh, the a mindset that's been uh, not right and you give them an offer that says, look, ...your mindset that you have, maybe it's because I really didn't explain it properly. Now they'll say usually, no, 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 you got it right. I just wasn't feeling good about it. Oh, that's all right, mate. So if we talk about this again now and get an outcome that we agree with... ...then we can move on to much better things.
1: Yeah, so... So I remember I want to talk about young people, but I want to go back to this idea and the language of feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when I've been in a situation where I've had a team of people I've worked with, uh, I hated – probably talked about this before – but this idea of performance management and performance reviews. Oh, God, and, yeah. So I – and I know there's people who might be listening to this who I've had these discussions with before – I've always tried to make it much more about a conversation but what I found was I had to then educate other people in the organisation as to why I wasn't um, doing things in the way that normally things would be done and I've always tried to use that as an opportunity to explain kind of how I see relationships in the workplace. So I thought I'd put that out there and say that I've been encouraged that there are some organisations who are trying to change the way they Uh, work with support and talk to their team they've also tried to look at things like flexible work has been part of it you know because people are a bit more not face to face and at their desks uh, as they would normally be we've had to rethink the way that we uh, support each other so I just want to say that my view of feedback is very much in line with you and it's part of uh, a management language that mm. we talked about when I think might have been a bit abrupt and said the manager is dead, <laughs> you know, long live new mm. leadership because when you want to manage something, it's 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 far more uh, rigid and flexible. No,
2: it's a controlled space.
1: Correct. Mm. So we have talked about it. So to me I think the language is really important when you want to talk to someone. Yeah. And definitely, <laughs> I'll just add to that, young people young people I agree I really enjoy talking to younger people uh I see and this is a bit of a generalization but I am trying to respond to what you were saying but they have a deeper conviction about the collective as in they'll obviously be really passionate about things like the environment about uh, Equity and inclusion to use that sort of terminology, but it's not like they even use that language. You just see it in the way they treat each other, Mm. in the things that they're interested in spending time with each other. Yes, you're right, the way they talk to each other, Mm. and also the way they see things like work and relationships. It's not, and I don't like it when I read that there's generations who are lazy or, you know, aren't contributing to the way the work needs to be done. It's because you're seeing what I'm hoping for is the last vestiges of those organisations that go, we need to control you, we need to own you when you're in the workplace, you must be here nine to five at your desk.
2: Mm -hmm. I think we're a bit way off there still, but uh, I I think the hilariousness of performance appraisals comes to mind. (laughs) That assumes that you know everything about that human, how they're brought up, how they think, how they perform, what they believe in where their self-esteem lies, where their confidence lies. Because if you don't know that stuff, how can you create a performance appraisal if they're in a stressful workplace and they're battling all sorts of, uh, if you like, miniature inner demons and you're appraising that? by, look, you got this wrong, you got that wrong. So uh, we do encourage organisations to give that up and ask a few questions about it. And uh, I agree with you. We're in good hands with the young. We're in good hands with the young. But I think if we wanted to wrap this bit up, Jen, I I think it's getting back to our first thing. Um, You can have any conversation you like the right way. If you slow your mind down, if you fill your metabolism mentally with good food, like great self-esteem and thought, which you can get from the earlier podcasts, if you really work hard for you. So i am going to make the message again. It's time to work hard for ourselves. It's time to get the mirror image right. It's time to do all the things for us because then we're full. And then, of course, everyone gets the whole lot of us and not just parts of us that are determined by stress or anxiety or whatever it is. So when you're full of the riches which you have and all your creativity. You can have any conversation you like, whether it be challenging or otherwise, you can have conversations that used to be called feedback and uh, the credibility you'll hold in the other person's mind will be really strong and respectful. And when it comes that day when they really need you, they'll come. They'll come to you because of what they know about you and how you've conducted yourself over the time.
0: Mm.
1: So thinking about the person who might be called to a meeting that might be called a performance review where mm. they're going to get, let's say, feedback versus the person who's calling the meeting mm. and saying, I am going to give you feedback. The person who's been called, I think it would be really interesting for that person to use different language, to say mm. things like, and I'm just thinking of people I know who've been confronted with this. If they're called to a meeting where they know it's a set thing that they're going to be reviewed on I think it'd be really good for them to say I'm happy to have a conversation with you Mm. yeah because it's invitational to the other person as well and then equally that person who's doing the let's say calling of the meeting I think it's important for them to also see that as an opportunity to hear what the other person thinks about them which is the way I tried to approach it was you tell me what you think Mm. Because, you know, I'm only as good as the information and the conversations I have with everyone else as yeah, well. That's
2: question one. But you can one. break it
1: down. Yeah,
2: that's question one. Mm. about. Uh, tell me what you think. Yeah. I mean, sometimes performance can go off track for a little while because there's a personal issue at play. Mm. So it's about emotion, not intellect. It's about feelings, not attitude, if you like. So those who have these conversations in business, particularly in this wonderful uh, ...even even place that we want now. Uh, this uh, place where we can all be ourselves. Uh, I, I think that every old rule about discussion about performance is over... It's now left to the great communicators. Uh, and those who wish to be that person known to... Oh, ...I've got to go and have a discussion about performance. I know I haven't gone that well but I'm going to a safe place. I know I'm going to a safe place. This person I'm going to talk to will help me to get back to my standard or the one I set before, now that I'm feeling well about something else, which they are aware of. Not by detail, but they're aware that I have not emotionally been good. So I'm going there really enjoying the fact that I can feel much better today after I have this conversation. Now, in the past, that's never the case. It's about fear, it's about losing jobs or whatever, but we've, we want to move to that lovely spot now where if you're in a leader's position, you have a total responsibility to correct anything you can uh, by being that uh, high-empathy person because then that person will walk away and perform their socks off for you and grow from there. Yeah,
1: so we might leave it there. And um, you know, I just want to thank Mike for spending time again discussing these issues and i want to thank people who've been giving us yeah, you know, questions and wanting us to explore these topics a bit more deeply because it does encourage us mm-hmm. i think as you said you know we have put the podcast together. not quite sure exactly how they'd be um received but it's been great to hear what people think so yeah i'd so say thank you that's nice thanks jen <laughs> thank you
0: listening to the ministry of Self podcast mark and i believe that it's for all of us to think about who we really are or what we can become if we're emotionally strong and fulfilled the gifts accorded to us such as creativity skills beliefs and strengths are all much more enhanced when linked to our healthy emotions if you're interested to reach out you can contact us via links in this podcast description we look forward to hearing from you And hope you keep listening to the Ministry of Self podcast.